So several different times in the Mass, we have this exchange where the priest says, um, peace be with you, peace of the Lord be with you always. And of course, we know how people respond. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. But what if instead of the sign of peace, we had the question of peace? And so the priest would say out to you, do you wish me peace? You could decide how you answered that. And then he said, and let us offer each other the question of peace. And you'd look at the people around you. Do you wish me peace? Of all the different ways human beings communicate, there are few ways that are more engaging if we allow ourselves to be engaged than the question. To look somebody else in the eye, if they'll make eye contact, and that's a starting point right there. But if they'll make eye contact, to look someone else in the eye and to pose a question to them. And I don't mean do you want fries with that, I mean something significant. Where you're really inviting them into just an exchange. But if it's a meaningful exchange, it's taking that to a relationship. And I don't want to make light of a polite nod and peace be with you, peace be with you. Those are powerful words. But if you look someone in the eye and you literally say, do you wish me peace? Are you happy to see me here? You had no idea that I'd wind up in the pew in front of you. And how do you feel about that? The question is a powerful point of engagement if we're willing to really hear it and really pose it authentically. We've got the saying, right? Everything you wanted to know but were afraid to ask. I'd like to suggest that what we really mean is everything you wanted to ask but were afraid to know. Because every time you have a question, you rarely have a blank slate. I mean, think about this for a minute. Most of the time, and I would say all the time, but you don't have to agree with me, but most of the time, if you have a question, you already have some sense of what the answer is. Or you know what you hope the answer would be, or you know what you're afraid the answer might be. It's rarely the case that you just have an absolute blank slate when you put a question out there. So to actually phrase a question, to think it up, and then to speak it to someone who meaningfully can either receive it or even more meaningfully reject it, it's a powerful thing. Because once you put it out there, are you prepared to hear what's coming back? I'm saying all of this because I think we know how powerful questions are in our human relationships. Both the questions we say and the questions for whatever reason we don't quite have the courage to voice. Think of some of those powerful questions. How many lifelong relationships were launched because somebody said, do you love me? How many relationships never got off the ground because someone wasn't able to voice that question? How many relationships never got off the ground because someone was able to voice that question? But still, there are those powerful questions. And I just invite us all to think for a minute about what right now, this evening as we sit here, what is a question that you really would like to ask of someone? What's a question that you've wondered about, you've thought about, and maybe before the sun sets tonight, you'll actually ask that question, but a lot of times we hold those questions in our hearts for a long time before we're able to 
look that person in the eye and voice it. But what is it? Of whom would you ask it? What's it about? How long have you carried it with you? In the spiritual life, the worst thing we can do, and I really mean this, the worst thing we can do is not voice the questions that are in our hearts. There's all sorts of reasons why we're prudent with each other. Maybe you shouldn't voice every question of another person. Maybe everyone in your life that you wonder about shouldn't hear from you, do you love me? Or what do you think of me? Or you fill in the blank. But when it comes to God, when it comes to our relationship with God, it's absolutely poisonous, it's toxic to not voice the questions that we have. And so in the gospel tonight, when the guy comes up to Jesus and he says, you know, what is the greatest commandment? There's lots of different ways you can look at that. You can jump to a conclusion and say, well, maybe he's just trying to test Jesus to catch him in a trap. But in that particular passage, that's not what we're told. There's no reason to assume that. But he is voicing a question. He's engaging Jesus. Jesus looks at him and gives him a beautiful answer that's rooted in the tradition both of them grew up in. That's why that first reading from the Old Testament is basically what Jesus says. Hear, O Lord, the Lord is God, and all of that. But what a beautiful exchange between the two of them. I wonder how many of the other disciples or scribes sitting around that day thought, oh man, this guy's really, he's really hitting it off with Jesus. I wish I had that. Well, why did he have it? Why did he have that privileged moment with the Lord? Because he asked the question. And then he could be open to receiving if he were willing to stay there and listen for the answer. And then famously, Mark says at the very end, and I would suggest that the most important line in that whole passage is the very last one. No one else dared to ask Jesus a question. Why not? Why didn't they dare? And Mark doesn't tell us. He doesn't give us the backstory. Were they afraid of hearing the truth from Jesus? Probably not. But what were they afraid of hearing? Why didn't they dare? Maybe they didn't have the best intentions. And they didn't want to look like fools or be embarrassed. What's your reason for not asking the most important question you never ask? I can think of lots of reasons for myself. And so we learn, we learn in our human relationships. The first time as a little kid, you ask something and your older brother or sister said, oh, that's stupid, don't you know that? You can tell who's the youngest of seven here. But the first time we're made to feel like a fool, right? Everything you ever wanted to know, but we're afraid to ask. We start to condition our hearts and our minds. And don't kid yourself, we go to God with the same heart and mind that we go to the people in our lives with. So it's not going to be automatic that we just voice freely everything in our heart to God. Lord, why is this happening? Why are you doing this? Don't you care about me? Don't you care about this person I love? How could you be so insensitive? And don't worry if theologically your question makes no sense. If it's in your heart, then voice it. Because the unvoiced question, it's like a clog in a drain, you know? And we're never quite able to hear what the other is saying if we can't bring ourselves to voice the important question that's somehow there in between the two of us. 
We know that's true in our relationships, that's true in a marriage, that's true amongst friends, that's true between children and parents, and it's definitely true with God as well. The last thing I'll just say is, in voicing a question to God, okay, yes, do that in prayer. That's a very pure form of prayer. Lord, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? Or why am I being so blessed when these other people in my life seemingly aren't? But that guy in the gospel, he wasn't just on his knees praying to Yahweh. He had a man he could look in the eye. He had Jesus of Nazareth in the flesh that he could engage. And for us as people of faith, as the body of Christ, we need to do that as well. And I would like to suggest we're pretty lousy at it. We're not nearly as engaging of each other as I think we're meant to be. And these don't have to be challenging, nasty questions. Be beautiful questions, but why don't we do this? Or how can we do this? How can we engage each other in that way? That's what a parish does. And every parish has its own unique way of living that out. And I think St. Joe's does it beautifully, but I'm sure there are unvoiced questions. Couldn't it look like that? Mightn't it be this way? Why have we chosen that? Hey, can you help me understand? I think there's something beautiful here, but I, I don't fully understand. Can you make me see it? We often don't voice those questions. And sooner or later, the unvoiced questions, they sort of build up, right? And they sort of dull the shine that could be there. So just a little encouragement, maybe as a spiritual exercise in this 31st week of ordinary time. What rooted in your faith is a question that you'd like to ask? Not just an intellectual question so you could get a better score on some imaginary test, but something you really care about. Maybe there's someone in your life and you wonder, hey, have you ever thought about this? Or you seem to have an insight into relating to God. Tell me, what, what's driving you? Or how do you pray? Or why are we doing that thing in the parish? Or why aren't we doing that thing? But put it to the test. The worst thing we can do is not voice an important question in the spiritual life. No one dared to ask him another question. And if you never caught the word, listen for it tonight in just a few minutes before the Our Father, when the priest will say, and therefore we dare to pray Our Father.